Welcome back to Drinks First. Today I have a really exciting guest. I'm really excited to talk to you because I know that you're hilarious and that's too <laughs> nice. Lots to say. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on here. I have done one podcast before and I was pleasantly surprised with uh, how my voice sounded. Usually it's annoying, but this is but it's fine. So no, it, it's it's very weird to like record your own voice and then have to listen back to it. Yeah. The first time I ever recorded this podcast, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but also in, in person, I feel like most of my friends know my voice can get pretty high when I'm excited. And so they always make fun of my voice. But I feel like on podcasts, I'm usually chill. So yeah. So there we go. So we're just gonna get started by talking about the basics. I mean, I can obviously talk a little bit how I know you, but I think we'll get into that. So do you want to tell me how old you are, where you're from, and where you live in New York now? Yes. So I'm 27. Um, I live in Tribeca now. I'm curious if you've had anyone who on here who would know me. I actually saw someone in from your grade on the train. Oh, really? <laughs> and I pretended like I didn't see them. But yeah. That's how we know each other is from high yeah. school. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, that we were in different grades, but... Yeah. It was a very small and specific experience to have been in. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like you, I feel like you weren't really friends with many people in my grade. Yeah, I was in your grade. I felt slightly like uh, there are times that I felt closer to your grade. My experience in high school was a very specific I know, one. I was just going to ask, like, what did you think of our school? I guess like... Did you have a good experience like looking, I guess, looking back now? Um, I would say that for the most part, I had a terrible experience. Really? <laughs> yeah, I really didn't like it. Um, I had, so I joined in 10th grade after being at Hunter since preschool. Mm-hmm. So I, my brother had gone to collegiate for all 12 years. So I was like very familiar with the private school kind of like scene and circle and things like that. A lot of friends who went to private school, but by like eighth, ninth grade, I felt like I wanted a change from Hunter. Yeah. And after seventh grade, Hunter gets very like it, it becomes bigger. It goes from the elementary school's 48 people to it goes to 250 people. That's a big and yeah. That's that's, a lot. that's like big in terms of what we're used to. But in public school terms, like it's small, like Stuyvesant is a thousand people per grade. So it was like in relative, it's small, but to us, it was big because we were 60 girls. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest difference for me was going from like a co-ed experience. And that's like what I was so used to. And I mean, St. Hilda, St. Hughes was also co-ed. Yeah. But I feel like I was so ready to leave the co-ed. Not that I didn't like it, but I feel like at that age of, you know, seventh, eighth grade, I'm just like, I'm just there to learn. Why the fuck are you throwing shit? Like I was so over the boys at that age. Mm. And I think my parents, my dad mostly wanted me to go to an all-girls school, um, which looking back, I think I'm so grateful that it was all girls. Mm. But yeah, at that time I was just like, bro, the fuck up. Like, can you just like sit down, stop shaking your leg? You're the whole table shaking. Like I'm so done with it. Whereas then, you know, I think being at an all girls school in those high school years, I think then was the perfect, you know, way for me to actually focus. No one gives a shit about what you're Mm. wearing. And I feel like that was just good for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely saw the upside in all of that. 
I I thought it wouldn't be a big deal going from co-ed school to going to all-girls school. My brother was the only one actually who was like against me going to Spence. My parents right. were like, you should do it. Like, it's a great opportunity. It'll be really great for college because at Hunter, it, like the college process is very different. They like limit the amount of schools you can apply to. Oh, you have five good. minutes with your college counselor that you're yeah. like randomly assigned to. So a lot of people like will pay outside college counselors to consult with. So the biggest reason I went to Spence was that my parents thought it would be a good opportunity for me for college. And, you know, I'm Asian. My parents like cared a lot about where I went to college. So they thought it was a good idea. I was open to the idea. I was kind of like, I wanted a new experience. I wanted a new environment, a new challenge. And I had applied to co-ed schools, but because it was 10th grade, it was a weird, like it was just harder to get into places because there weren't as many spots. So I'd gotten into Spence and it was the only all-girls school I'd applied to. And my parents always wanted me to go to Brewerly, but I like visited it when I was like in fifth grade because they wanted me to go in for middle school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hell it, no. It, it looks like a jail. I always think of it as a jail. And it's also yeah. it's too hard. Yeah. But I, I mean Spence is a beautiful school. Yeah. Like walking in there, I think I was really like I was enchanted by yeah. Being at a public school and Hunter is like better than other public schools in terms 100%. of facility also because like you're on the Upper East Side, you're in like a safe neighborhood. Yeah. The building is a little questionable because like I there's no I windows. There over uh, I think after my freshman year. Just yeah. To- credit yeah i've i've been there yeah it's totally it's great not not hunter college but hunter college high school like Mm. on 94th and park Mm -hmm. so that armory building um there are no windows like the only windows are in the hallways it's kind of dingy but like you know you don't you don't know what you're missing when you don't have it and then I knew a little bit. Like my brother went to collegiate when it was in the old building, so I know, it was, that building was nice. But, but the old building was like a little dilapidated. Like it was kind of falling apart. It was like half in like a like church. a hundred year yeah. church. Yeah, like the new building is like private school level. Like, yeah, the new building, gorgeous yeah. building. But like the old building had charm but i wouldn't say it was like the nicest school in the world yeah but it is such a unique experience to say like you know walking around and you're with someone out of town you're like oh yeah that like townhouse was where i went to school yeah no so when i when i went to spence and i visited i was like shocked i was shocked that like people got to go to school in a place that had like an atrium and like Mm -hmm. these beautiful the whole reason i applied for 10th grade was back in seventh grade i was like super stubborn and said that if I was leaving Hunter, I would go only go to boarding school. Interesting. Yeah. Very so I, I only applied to boarding school for ninth grade hmm. and I was almost going to go to Choate. And then I like did the Choate summer program and I was like, why in the world would I decide to move to Wallingford, Connecticut? Yeah. I was like, that is what the hell am I thinking? <laughs> and I was like super, super stubborn. And my parents were like, if you're already doing these applications, like apply to private school, like in the city. Yeah. And I was like, if I'm going to stay in the city, I'm going to stay at Hunter. And that was the wrong decision because then I ended up applying to private school for 10th grade, yeah. um, which made it like 10 times harder. And being at Spence and like walking in and seeing like farm to table cuisine and a spin studio and like they had just done the new townhouse. I was going to say they they got the townhouse behind it like 
I think either my year when you it was like open I think my first year there I mean it's insane like it was already a gorgeous mansion they buy the townhouse behind it and then renovate it connect it with like glass walkways it's it's gorgeous and then they also had the lower school which I went to for like preseason and sports and then they also just built I mean, we didn't get to see it, but did you hear the the new... Yeah, so I actually, center? I went like for one of their like alum events and the sports center is gorgeous. Like They said it has like 12 squash courts. It has 12 squash I'm like, courts. I'm, like, it thinking has, back, like, I'm thinking back, I'm like, okay, of the 55 girls in my grade, I can remember two that played squash. Yeah. I'm like, in what world do we need five? But I, They're just niching down on like the sports that get you into college. <laughs> I can't wait till we get a whole new facility for... For just like pickleball because that's like the new literally, thing literally that's probably what's <laughs> gonna happen like massive like full-size basketball court it's also a volleyball court obviously because spence is really good at volleyball yeah. on the roof there's like a whole cooking center oh wow like for ecology classes and like cooking classes and things like that there's like a rooftop garden like this is the shit that people watch gossip girl and they're like there's no way this is actually real. And you're like, no, it's real. <laughs> yeah. It didn't like when I was there, though, it didn't feel like, whoa, this is so special. I think because I already went to, you know, private school yeah. before and it, there we already had a, you know, greenhouse on top and all this. So I guess I was used to it. I think the one thing that I was not used to, which I have found happened again when I went to college I feel like I was at the top of my class in Mm. middle school. Like I was tutoring kids in my grade, you know, because they weren't understanding it. And I was, I feel like I was at the top of my class, get dispensed. I was so average. It was like a slap in the face of like, holy shit. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, I really need to like get my ego checked because that was a lot. And then the same thing happened at when I went to college where it's like, oh, Everyone from my school like went to Harvard, Princeton, Stanford, and I'm just like going to, you know, fucking Emory. It wasn't even my first choice. Literally first first year, freshman year, I failed three classes. Failed. Like <laughs> failed. And I'm like, what the fuck? I went to I went to Spence. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah. So yeah. No, I like and I know that was also a lot of the case for kids who came into Hunter because in seventh grade, when it turns into high school, like the only people who can take the Hunter test are people who are in like the top, I think like three or one percent of their uh public school middle school class. So those are the people who are like eligible to take it. And then from that, it's like thousands of people take the test and there's only 200 spots. So it was all of the people who came into Hunter were very, very smart. And they were really used to being the top of their class when they were in middle and lower school. And then when they came in for high school, they didn't have that same experience. Yeah. So I know like I know that was an experience for people across the board. Hunter was a really good school. Like I always felt challenged there. It was right on par with the education we got at Spence, but it was free. Um, It just wasn't as personalized. That was the only difference. And I like, I don't know quantifiably if I can say the like $60,000 a year you pay to go to private school is worth like all of the like hoopla you get with it. Yeah. And there are places in New York city where you can get just as high quality of an education for free. Yeah. But obviously not everybody is 
able to get that opportunity. So it's like if you aren't able to get into a st- like specialized high school or yeah. like middle school, then yeah, I think being at private school could be worth it for you. But so I also feel like I, I was watching a TikTok on this. I think someone was moving to the city and talking about sending their kids to private school. And then there was a whole debate and a lot of the comments. And I think the person who made the video was, I feel like what you're paying for is maybe, I want to say like maybe 75, 80% of the actual like education and, you know, help to go to college because obviously they have those connections, but it's also like it's the alumni network is insane. Yeah. You're paying for access. The connections and also just like, it, I hate to say it, but it is like the name. It's like when you say, you know, Chapin, Dalton, Trinity, Spence, all those schools, people are like, oh shit, you are in it. Like you went, you know the yeah. people, you were in the scene. And I think that's what a lot of that gets you. Where, yeah. You know, I work in fashion, which we can get into later, but one of the alumni events that I went to, the founder of Net-A-Porte, her daughter goes to Spence. And I'm like, mm. are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is insane. And this is a free like event that I'm just going, I met her, like I have her email, like that's insane. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of it is, is the connection. I I will say like, I definitely agree, but when you, I think very specifically when you are in a specialized public school, like Hunter, those connections are also very similar. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda went to Hunter and he's there like he, yeah, he visits all the time. Like, we would see him all the time. That's crazy. I had like, no idea. Yeah, there are some really high profile, like Cynthia Nixon went to Hunter, Elena Kagan. Like, there are oh, two man. Supreme Court justices who went to Hunter. Like, there are some really crazy, smart people who came out of that school as well. It's not, the alumni network isn't as well connected as Spence's is, but Spence's is the best alumni network of any independent school in New York City, like consistently every single year. And that's because they do all of these events and they stay really like active with their alums. So I do, I do definitely appreciate that. I'm getting more out of the alum network from Spence than I am from Hunter. Um, But the name carries just as much weight. And I think that it's, it's interesting to have both experiences because private school and public school are very different and being co-ed and being all girls is very different yeah and I like never the reason I didn't like Spence was I felt like I felt like I couldn't really find who I was there it was like Mm -hmm. very hard for me to place myself both just like socially and in a way academically and that wasn't something I had ever experienced before yeah like I any after school program I ever had, any camp I went to, any like school that I had gone to, I never had issues making friends. I've always been really outgoing. It was second nature to me. Yeah. I'm like a very social person. I know you, yeah, you are a very social person. And when I got to Spence, like that for some reason didn't translate well. Yeah. I think there was a lot of politics that I just wasn't privy to being like at an all girls school, the way that a lot of people gossip and talk and there are rumors like people knew who I was before I came to school. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something I was necessarily anticipating. But like I knew um, like I had gone to preschool with one girl um, who was at Spence. And then I knew somebody like through my brother who like through the collegiate network somebody else in my grade. Um, So those were like I had some connection to people in my grade, but 
when it came to trying to find a friend group and making friends, like it was, it was hard. It was difficult. I like, I think because I was very social and I felt very comfortable around boys and I already had like a bit of a social life outside of school that wasn't related to school. It just in ways I think came across that maybe I was social climbing or maybe that I was like trying to be friends with certain people and it was more so that I was just trying to be friends with anyone. Yeah. But, uh, I, it was just, I, I think that there were, there were things like kind of working against me, but also maybe I was trying too hard. Like, yeah, it that's, was. That's crazy because I don't like remember that at all. But again, I, we were in different grades, so I don't know. But yeah. And I also think that like most people don't remember like the nuances when you think yeah. of high school. Like one of my closest friends now is somebody I went to Spence with. Like, yeah, I, say, I feel like you, not that this like negates your experience, but like I, I feel like you did leave with, you know, lifelong friends. Somebody I had left high school with is now one of my closest friends. When I think back on my high school experience and the, when she thinks back on our high school experience, we remember two very different things. Yeah. And <laughs> like... I don't think people realize that I was struggling as much as I was when I was I feel at like that, That's like school. a lot of, you know. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people go through that where, you know, on the outside, you know, you seem so, you know, happy and bubbly and on the inside, you're like, just fuck me. Like, yeah, no. Oops. And like, that's what it was. And it was a situation that I wasn't used to being in because I was like, I am a social person. I have a lot of friends and like, why is it not working here? And that like bled into my academics. It just bled into my mental health. It was like not something I was equipped to work with. And it hurt me. Like I think 10th and 11th grade were like some of the like worst years of my life. Yeah, And it wasn't until I got to kind of senior year that I started feeling more comfortable and finding my place a little bit more. But even until the end of school, like things felt very uncomfortable for me. I didn't, I was really happy to leave. Yeah. And I'm sorry you had that experience. I I don't know. I feel like everyone has a different time there. And again, I think it uh, depends a lot on the grade and like who. Yeah. Yeah. I, there were definitely times where I'm like, I would rather be six feet under because this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not having like a Baja blast right now. Like this is, (laughs) this is bad. And I think that that would happen at any school. Like people have their ups and downs. I just think I had like a specific experience and it's no one's fault. Like I can't pinpoint it on anyone. It is no one's fault. It's like, it was just like, the perfect storm of things that didn't work out well for me. But ultimately, like, I still stay engaged with, like, the Spence community. I am proud that, like, I went there. I do like a lot of the people who we went to school with. Yeah. And it's not, like, I don't have a vendetta against anyone at all. Nobody, like, I'm not that kind of person. It was just, like, a hard time in my life. And if I were to do it over, I probably wouldn't have made the decision to go to Spence. Yeah. But at the same time, like, had I not made that decision, I don't know if I would be where I'm at in life today. Yeah, it is crazy. So, to think about, yeah, like, yeah. You, so you, it's, you may not even have this podcast. So like if, exactly. Yeah, I went to school at Carnegie Mellon, and I, I don't know if I would have ended up there had I gone to Hunter. Yeah, um, it wasn't a school that was like pushed by Spence. Yeah, nobody had gone there, and like I think the last person who had gone there before me was six, five or six years older than me. Oh wow! So there wasn't like really any direct alum that had gone, yeah. 
And then also like after I went, then they started pushing the school more. I've, I heard like from girls who were younger no. that more and more people started applying. I don't think again, like anybody was accepted until like five or six years after I was out of school. I don't oh, know yeah. if there was anybody else from Spence who ended up yeah. going, but going to CMU was like the best decision of my life. I had like the best time. The minute I got to school, the first day I was there, I made friends that ended up being my friends for the rest of college and even no till way. now. So I, I got to school and I was like, oh, I'm not a fucking social outcast, like a social yeah. pariah. Like I'm not, like I n- always knew I was this person who was like friendly and could make friends and was like outgoing and going to college just validated th- all of that for me. And I was like, oh, it like wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> It was I the environment that- I was in. Yeah, everyone just needs that one like place or experience or something where it's just like oh oh i'm fine like i don't i don't need to like be wearing the grippy socks i'm fine like yeah it was it wasn't yeah so like i mean long-winded answer obviously to asking my my experience there yeah i mean that that we can go that could be its own podcast of just like talking about the new york city private schools well the next like few questions are like where you went to school what you're doing now so those are like the next two main questions i we already touched on it a little bit but like give us give us the spiel so i went to new york city private school then i went to emory which was fine i feel like it actually weirdly made more religious which i feel like anyone who went to emory can probably not vouch for but like it was so jewish more than i thought and my mom's jewish which technically makes me jewish so Mm -hmm. um i just wasn't really connected to that side before i went so i'm glad i went and in that respect um i think it was okay it there wasn't a lot of school spirit like i feel like a lot of people went to you know cornell or bandy or northwestern and they're die hard they're like Mm. Merck or like Michigan and they're like Merck wake up pregame family visit like all this stuff no one gives a fucking shit about sports at Emory no football team no yeah no football team and I don't think I ever went to one sports game ever not one um and also I found that at Emory I want to say 50% of the people I talked to including myself all say this was not my first choice school. It's like, oh, you didn't get into Van. You yeah. didn't get into, you know, whatever. Penn. Duke or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't get into WashU. Which, looking back, thank Christ. Um, <laughs> I should not have gone there. Um, Why was that your first choice? I don't like my cousin went there, which is like the worst excuse to go to a four year education. Um, I just thought she was like cool. So I was like, oh, I'll go there because I'm cool. Um, but no, I'm glad I went to Emory. I think I just liked college in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think not that I didn't, I think I had a great time in high school, but I think I just had so much fun because college, not just Emory, but like college is just so fun. Cause like your parents aren't there and you could just do whatever the fuck you want. And like, that's almost, it's not my life motto to do whatever the fuck you want. But like m- the way I go about a lot of things is like, I could die tomorrow. Like just do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to like go out with your ex again, like do it. Who gives a shit? Like you're literally on this earth once. Just do whatever you want. So um, I feel like college was kind of the time to, um, I don't know, embrace that. Um, But yeah, I went there pre-med, failed all my classes, quickly switched to um, Latin and art history because those were things I was good at. But I guess I I knew it, but I was like, no, I want to be the best at the hardest thing, which Mm. is never the right answer. Um, and so I excelled in Latin and art history and now I'm in fashion. So yeah, yeah. I well, the thing about Emory is like my brother also went to Emory and yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. His 
fiance is uh, was in my story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they like, I, I don't, Emery wasn't either of their first choice schools mm-hmm. either, but I do think most people who go like have a good experience. Yeah. Cause it's also like, it's a beautiful school. You Worth are it. in like warm weather, which is yeah. like not something we grew up with. So like your yeah. endorphins are just higher. Like living in Pittsburgh was I mean, I loved school, but yeah. like going to visit Emory and visiting my brother, I was like, oh, you know, this was an option that I didn't take. Um, yeah. I, know, I think the coldest it ever got was like 40 degrees. Yeah, so no, it's, it was it was great in that respect. But it um, is like the thing about Emory and what was different about being at CMU was for CM, being at CMU, there wasn't like that many kids from New York going to yeah. Emory. You're like there are so many kids from New York. I know. And I, I, I'm actually really glad that I, I mean, I, I feel like city kids do tend to, you know, live together and room mm-hmm. together. I did room with um, a girl uh, freshman year, but after that I lived with these two girls for the next three years and I still keep in touch with them. And I'm so glad just because I feel like they kept me like they humbled me in a good way. And also like I exposed them to good things. And it was a very big city school, which I think some people find comforting, which which mm-hmm. is nice to be like, oh, you know, you go to a Sig Chi party and oh, the kid in the year he went to, you know, Fieldston, like, oh, cool. That's just like a grounding point for you to feel more accepted, but I guess in a safe place. It does kind of set up like some social like security for you where you're like, oh, I'm, I think a lot of girls like who went to Penn and stuff like that, they were like, oh, well, I know this girl from uh, like, private school like she can be in our sorority i know she's cool you know like there but at the same time it's still sort of reinforced that same kind of like city dynamic i think for me personally i was like happy to be in a place that didn't have that because i like thrived outside of that but like i can see how it's super comforting for other people because you get to college and you're like oh well I kind of have these laurels to like ride on. Like people know I'm like a verified person. Yeah. And I feel like that happens in dating now that I find, which I feel like it's not a bad thing, but it's like, if I have no mutual friends with you, it's not even that I don't believe you like exist, but it's like, you could (laughs) murder me and like chop my body up, stuff it in a suitcase and throw it in the East river. Like no one, there's no one to tell me that, you know, oh, you're a real person. You're not like a bot or a serial killer. So I, with that, it's, I find it to be helpful with dating too. Yeah. You want that like two factor authentication, you know? Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. But again, I feel like that there are times where it's like a little too close to home where it's like, okay, Mm. I need to get out of the Emory bubble. I can only go so far because I feel like the last few people that I've hung out with, it's like, oh, you know, one was at Emery, but older and we weren't, you know, I didn't know him then. Or, oh, there was one guy who went to like Fieldston and then Cornell and I was set up by someone who was in my grade at Spence. Um, mm. So I feel like I, I, I'm i I'm sort of straight, just... like two degrees away well i have two more questions before we like really get into the meat of it but it's like where do you like to eat in new york and where do you like to go out oh yeah so i have come prepared because i of course listened to your podcast and i (laughs) wrote those down and so obviously i have a note with all my answers um (laughs) but i'm done so for eating i honestly i feel like the one place that i love to go back to recently is sued in east village and i had mm. my 
birthday dinner there with my closest friends. And I just, I love it there. The food is so good. That's one of the few places that I'm like, I think about the food and I like dream about it. And I, mm-hmm. I just love it. Um, and then I went to, I don't know how to say it, Principe. Prin- yeah, Principe. Yeah. yeah. And Soho. And that was unbelievably good. Was um, it actually? It's not like it's- hyped up? No, no, no. It was actually like I went there with my parents for my birthday dinner and um, that was it was spectacular. Um, and this, you know, the scene was good. Um, I like the whole interior. But yeah, I guess for like normal eating out, I feel like thoughts are the Odeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always like a fun, lively scene. And similarly is Anton's in the West Village. Mm. So I like to eat there and then going out, which again, thank God I studied your podcast because I saw coincidentally one of the places that I think one of the guys founded it, um, Outer Heaven. Mm-hmm. I had the best time there. I don't know what it was. I don't think it was the music. I don't know. It was like the setup. It was the people who were there. Was That was the first time in a long time that I thought the people that were there, I felt like I was equally mad. Like mm. we were all, we all kind of get it. We're all kind of the same age. So love that. Ray's is good. I can't, I mean, I can't ever get in, but if I do <laughs> ever get in, it's good. Um, and then the last place I've been going to, I guess, not that it's like easy to get in, but I always find myself having like a good time there is Studio 151. Mm. I, I don't know. It just seems like chill. And it's just like, I don't need, I'm really over the whole, like, I'm not over it, but I, I have gone to Acme, but it's like those places sometimes Mm -hmm. not freak me out, but I feel like it's one of those places I could do in small doses, like once every six months. If, you know, my roommate who's best friends with the bouncer can just like get us in. I'm too old to be like, to be waiting in line. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm studio 151 is one of those places that it just feels like more adult. I don't need to be dance. No one needs to see me dancing. I don't want to dance really like i don't need the music to be too loud like i just feel like everyone just needs to chill out we're all just gonna chill um and so i feel like i love that place um but yeah outer heaven i I went to and i just feel like that is just the coolest place and i love it and i want that i want to be a regular i want them to know me i i want to go every day yeah i mean (laughs) that's awesome because jack who started outer heaven was on the podcast like now almost two years ago it was when he was still kind of getting into building the space. So it's really cool to see that it's like opened yeah. now. The space is awesome. It's so yeah. small. It's like he's small, but it it they've landed it well. I don't know. Yeah. No, he's so meticulous about and he understands like what makes a space good and he cares about the right things, like the sound system and the drinks and the aesthetic. And it's like, yeah, I I've been it's super cool. I think he did a great job. So yeah. I and Studio 151, Outer Heaven are pretty different places, but I know. So. I know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it depends on my mood. But yeah. Um but yeah, no, Outer Heaven is great. I weirdly, I mean, on the topic, since this is like a dating podcast, the the first time I went, I saw that the person who was DJing, I had matched with him on Hinge. Oh. Like, but I matched with him on Hinge like maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where like, he likes my picture. I say like, hey, how's it going? Something so annoying to respond to. <laughs> and then he just doesn't respond. And so I'm like, cool. Yeah, me too. Whatever. Um, And then it goes nowhere. So we saw him there and I was like, oh, that's the guy. And they're like, oh, you should like say hi. I'm like, one, he's DJing. So 
neither him nor me can hear anything if I go up to the booth right now. <laughs> um, and two, I saw a really cute guy there that was like, I, he seemed like sort of in the production of like, he was behind the DJ booth and he just mm. seemed like he was part of it. So I was like, Mm, scratch that like I'm going for a gray shirt and then of course that went nowhere and so I just like stared at him all night and didn't do anything um and then last weekend I got an email I feel like a lot of places I don't know how they get my email but I got an email about spring place and Mm. it was so fun we went um I gotta say I don't know if this is like mean but I feel like he didn't really get the vibe I feel like I seeing him at outer heaven he did a great job with you know music and I guess just reading the room at Spring Place, I don't know what it was, but it was just like not, it wasn't it. It was... Where was the DJ set up at Spring Place? It was on the roof, like okay. uh, towards the like railing. Yeah. I don't know, it seemed a little too like EDM hard when mm. it was just like, let's, it's like a sunny day. I just want to like chill out. I feel like it was like he was on a, you know, LSD vibe and we were all on a shroom vibe. Mm. And it was just not matching. Yeah. I, I also think Spring Place has not yet found their niche in terms of going out. Yeah. What they've they've tried a lot of different programming and they have like a cool space. It's like a very yeah. cool space, but like it's not quite it has not quite hit in the way that like the programming at other membership clubs have really like yeah. done well at. And it's interesting because I feel like for the membership club, it's not even their program that that goes first. And I'm not part of any, so how would I know? But they, I feel like they have like other things to build on that at least build their, you know, reputation or vibe. Whereas Spring Place, it's like you go and it literally looks like you're entering a club at 1 p.m. So it's like just like a blank white space and it's a bunch of girls that all kind of look the same. And then a bunch of guys all wearing the same Stiegelman Sables. It's like the hat or the shirt. And I'm like, I get it. I know. So you're you're a fashion person and I yeah. like I know you're a stylist, right? Yeah. Like a I'm like a private client, um, personal shopper. Which I like live for your commentary on any fashion event that's happening. Like I, I love your stories. <laughs> but in terms of like fashion, is that something that like you really look for when you're dating someone? Because I feel like the New York City kind of like cool guy aesthetic is either you're like dressing like Nolita Dirtbag, Lower East Side, or you're dressing like you only are in West Village, Tribeca yeah. in your office yeah. and like you don't leave those three neighborhoods. Yeah. I feel like it's funny because I feel like not that it's like I'm the only one who does it, but I feel like to do like VIP styling or, you know, do freelance personal shopping. It's just like not a common thing where I feel like a lot of other girls are like, I'm in marketing or I study communications or whatever. Um, and so I feel like an opening line on a lot of dating apps is a guy being like, rate my fit or like, what do you think of my style? Mm. And I'm like everyone, I hate to say it because this is probably it does probably come across as rude but I'm just like you look like every other white boy like every guy looks the same everyone has the white sneakers everyone wears everyone wears the same thing there's not like any time where I'm that like repelled like I'm never that repelled because I feel like not that I mean I I go out often enough but it's not like or I've never been in an environment where I'm not with some you know in a group of people that would dress that weird I don't know I also I also say this to any of my male clients a lot where they just have fewer options. There's fewer mm. designers that are well known 
And I guess that that's like a side passion of mine is, you know, supporting emerging brands. Mm -hmm. But I feel like what is accepted in 2023 as what a heterosexual man can wear is just like pants, like (laughs) a shirt. That's it. Girls, we can do, you know, jumpsuit, pants, dress, skirt, whatever. There's just less options for guys, which makes it easier. But also you you can't really mess it up that bad. So... So like for the guys who might be listening, what is your, maybe what's your advice on how to dress for a date or going out or like, what are some designers to maybe look for? Well, I feel like there's a lot of memes right now that are like straight guys, like, like girls, but girls like gay guys. Yeah. So now (laughs) gay guys are dressing like heterosexual men and heterosexual men are dressing like gay guys now. Yeah, because um, it's it's gay guys want to be with straight guys. Yeah. Straight girls want to be with gay, guys who dress like gay yeah. guys. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so gay men are dressing more straight, like wearing yeah. Carhartt and construction worker type yeah. shit. Straight men are dressing more gay. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, quote unquote, gay, like yeah. wearing Bodie or something like that. And then, I don't, I don't remember what, if it had, anything to do with what the women no. were wearing but like that's kind of the main like lesbians i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um no yeah i feel like a lot of the time i'm like oh he's so cute and then all my friends are like he's clearly gay and i'm like <laughs> just, they, i feel like it is i actually watched a, a podcast about from two gay guys and they were like there is this like stereotype it, i don't know if it's a pressure i'm i'm not a gay man so i don't know but it's like there is a stereotype that they do dress well, where it's like, if you don't, then it, I feel like in middle school or, you know, being metrosexual, it's like, if you just take care of yourself and do normal hygiene, then like that's considered gay. I know. Like, bar is like on the floor. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and it, but it, it's like a weird fine line where it's like, if you dress too well, it's like, you're are, gay. Yeah. Are you gay? Yeah. And then if a guy is into fashion, I think if I, if I wasn't in fashion and a guy was, I would just feel like, why do you have so much time to know about these things? Like, who are you texting? Like, why do you (laughs) know what Bodhi is? Like, you're not supposed to know that. It's the same kind of vibe as like, men aren't allowed summer birthdays, you know? Like, you're not allowed. Like, that's for girls. Like, fashion's like for girls. If that makes sense. It's almost the same vibe as like, if a guy is into fashion, it's like, no, that's not for you. Like, well, it's almost like who told you about that? Who told you about it's it? Like, yeah, I'm like supposed to tell you about that. Like, what girl told you? Um, like I'm the only girl you're ever like. It's to sus. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I I interviewed somebody who was gay the other day, and he was like, people when they look at me, they think I'm straight, but because I dress well, I'm like giving gay yeah. <laughs> and so he was like I dress better than the average straight man and so I just you know I think people then catch on yeah I'm gay I, I was know. like that you know it kind of sucks that like you know dressing well is is correlated with yeah. that but I I think guys now more than ever are taking an interest in how they're yeah. dressing even if it's yeah. still just like the same uniform of like the yeah. ALD hat and the gray shirt and like yeah. wide leg Carhartt pants and white sneakers. Or even from like that sector of guys who they went to Penn or Princeton and, you know, they're not gonna, they're never gonna buy Carhartt. It's just like, that's not them. They work at, you know, a bank. Like, yeah, they are straight. They want to be cool. 
they know, you know, what Mulberry Bar is and the nines, but like they're not gonna, you know, move to Brooklyn. Like it's like yeah. that group. And that is probably the group that I could help the most just because I know they have the money. All they need is just like a few graphic tees with some random stupid logo on the, you know, mm-hmm. left chest and a good pair of jeans. The same common project sneakers everyone has, which like it, it's a good formula and it works. And I always like say basic, like yeah. not too adventurous, but yeah. slightly elevated to show that you're caring. Yeah, because they I feel like they have the money. They don't necessarily have the time to really think, think about, about what they're wearing. Yeah. Um, nor is it like their biggest hobby or passion to, you know, think about clothing or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, I enjoy like helping friends, you know, do that or um if i'm ever seeing someone i always offer to like you know use discounts and you know mm. my whatever and help them yeah i feel like for the most part it, guys have it, they have it so easy yeah <laughs> and what about for like our women who are listening like what would you recommend for people to wear or if they want to kind of like get get out of that sort of like basic uniform that people get into that is a question where one, I took my Adderall this morning and two, I have OCD. So like I could probably answer that question over the course of the next four weeks, but um, I think it depends on everyone's style. So I feel like one, a good place to that I think people overlook is like going to your cool friends or cool people you follow, look at their following list. And you can almost tell on Instagram, like what's a brand because it'll say like something studio or the Mm. blank or just by their icon. It's usually white with a black letter. Um, And just scrolling through if you're, if you have like free time and just seeing like, oh, like that's a new brand I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. Or they can just DM me or follow me and I can help them just because get so detailed into this. Um, But my current favorite brands are interior. I connected with them on Instagram first and then I met them at a fashion event. They were just so nice. Mm. And that's why I like the two people who designed it. I just really find that um, fashion is so serious. And like a lot of people think like, oh, I'm doing the most important thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? We're not surgeons. Like chill, like take it down a notch. There's a lot of French brands who act that way where they think they're doing God's work. And I'm just like, it's a shark. Like <laughs> I remember when I was an intern, like I would cry, I would cry when like someone's order got messed up or like some, you know, rich housewife, her hat got ruined during delivery. And I'm like, why, why am I crying? I don't know this woman. Like what is happening? No, like I, I interned in fashion, like in high school and college. I always thought that like, maybe that was a route I was going to d- go down. And I remember just the stress yeah. That I felt like I was working at like Oscar de la Renta and I was organizing like POs and fucking buttons. Yeah. And I was like lugging fabric across like 90 degree weather in Bryant Park, like across yeah. the garment district. And then the next summer I worked in healthcare, like yeah. Johnson and Johnson. And I was like, oh, this matters. This matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 it, was, it was one year, I think it was two years ago, I almost left. Thanksgiving early to make sure that my client got her Chanel loafers on time before she left for a trip where she didn't really need them. It was just more so like, oh, I would prefer to have them for this trip. I literally almost left my family Thanksgiving, which if you follow me, you know, Thanksgiving is like such a big thing. Like that's, that's insane. But anyways, fashion brands that I like interior Kate, I hate to say it. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, sh- I'm kind of shocked. No lady dirtbag never talks about it. Everyone is obsessed with it because it is good. Yeah. Like, 
you can't if you hate it you're just like right, it sucks for you because they yeah. are good um, yeah. so I will say I think just in American um, I guess established not established brands but um, like emerging designers I think Kate is probably the top um, yeah. yeah if I guess they can follow me and ask me if they want any brand I mean it's anonymous so <laughs> oh yeah well if you figure it out based on my voice well, or- people can slide in platonically for you yeah. so if they're trying to up their fashion game yes. or they are really interested in fashion you know yeah can't slide I, would, in yeah platonically. i actually have a lot of i think all my freelance jobs that i'm doing now are all people just sliding in my dms on instagram um nice. and i do it for strangers all the time so if anyone listens to this styling. yeah even just wants to pick my brain about new brands or anything i'm do. yeah great so i want to go back to dating a little bit because we've we've obviously touched on a lot of different things but you had mentioned hinge like how are you sort of meeting people right now and i mean i don't know if you said but like was your were you in a relationship in high school ever or was like your first relationship like in college or after like have you never been in one what's sort of your like history there oh my god i love talking about myself okay so here we go um (laughs) So I feel like my friends are definitely going to listen to this and they can um, contradict me if they want. But um, I think in general, I've had one actual serious, both, you know, equally participating relationship. That was in college. It was a year ended just because I ended up moving to LA um, for a PhD program. I have nothing like he was like, not the one that got away. It was more just like he was the right person at that time, not mm-hmm. my person forever. Um, but I do think he's just like the best person ever. Wish him the best. My first boyfriend was freshman year of college. He was from the city. It's a whole story. Um, he was taking a gap year. We both cheated on each other. That's that's how it ended. It was very <laughs> it was very toxic. But also like that was when freshman we were freshman year of college. We yeah, 18, yeah. Who um, cheated on who first? So I don't know because he we weren't official. Mm. he thought he I think thought I was committed to him even though we never had a talk Mm. which to me we're not anything until we talk about it talk about it so um I as a freshman I was sort of getting close to um a senior and I so he was taking a gap year he had no one he had nothing going on or like he wasn't you know socializing and experiencing college like I was Mm. oh so you didn't meet in college you like we met the summer before okay and so when I went to college I was like oh okay okay, bye like that was a fun summer so you never but then I of course ended up seeing him you know because there's a thousand breaks for some reason there's Columbus Day break there's Thanksgiving break and there's winter Mm. break and blah blah and so um I would see him a lot and then but then I would just go back to school and I would hang out with this other guy yeah. And so then I think because Emery was a city school and he was from the city, I think he found out that I was sort of hanging out with someone else. But mm. again, we didn't... Never talked about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then he did visit me twice, which <laughs> that was on him. Um, I did appreciate it. It was fun. And the second time he did it on my birthday, which was my sorority formal. Um, and that was at the end of the year. So that was almost a year later. That was end of April. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And then the next day I did see the guy, the other guy. So that was cheating. <laughs> that was cheating. But so then I think two weeks later I had my econ final, um, which now that we've talked about, I majored in art history. We, I was already going to fail that. Like there was no way it didn't even matter what was going to happen. So yeah. I guess I just took the chance and decided to tell him an hour before that I cheated on him. Cause I think we had talked about 
hanging out all summer and I the guilt like also like I, I'm a talker like there's no way I couldn't have like lied forever yeah uh, so I had to tell him and so I ended up telling him right before my econ econ vinyl so it was dumb um and he goes jokes on you I was cheating on you like the whole time because I knew that you were hooking up with that guy and I'm like what a psychotic move yeah also then why would you ask to be in a relationship yeah and also i mean so now plot twist i now live with one of the girls that he hooked up with oh my god um, and like laugh about it but um but also he was hooking up with multiple people whereas i was just seeing one person one person i will say is worse because i feel like i was more emotionally attached yeah um so i mean it just sounds toxic all around yeah yeah but that was when i was 18 so i feel like Ten yeah. years later, I'm I'm much better. So yeah, had one real relationship, and then I feel like I did. I'm so glad I'm out of it. I feel like I did three-ish years of just like a situationship. It literally went on back and forth like mm. six times. Um, and I did. I fully, you know, he knows I did love him. I genuinely thought he was the one. Looking back, like I'm glad that happened to me when I was 25, and yeah. not like I'm not in that now. I feel like. And you met how? Uh, we actually, well, he went to Horace Mann, but he, and then Penn. So like we had a lot of mutual friends, but we actually met on the league, which like no one uses anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I think it really fell off. (laughs) It was elitist. So it It was elitist, but like, honestly, not enough. But it also wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't even a good dating app because they only gave you like three a day. And I know, you know, some apps do limit the amount of people you could see at a time, but that was that was way too little. Yeah, I I mean, I never, I don't think I ever went on went on a date with anyone from the league, and I had it for years. So yeah, but that I am glad. I feel like that was one of those things. Well, where I mean, even now, I'll look, I look back, and I'm like, I had to go through that and realize like that was one, like such a classic thing. Like, never wanted to date me. Mm. I was always there. Because um, I liked him a lot and I would do anything. Yeah. And- but he didn't want to commit. Yeah. How did that end? Uh, so it was funny because every 20,000 times that like it ended, it was like him saying, I'm just not looking for anything serious right now, which is like, yeah, texting you, even though you didn't like, I didn't ask. Yeah. Like, you never asked. I didn't ask. Even though like in my head, I'm like, I genuinely want to marry this man. But right. <laughs> again i did not ask so whoa um so it would be like he texted me that he's like i think it's getting a little too serious or like i think you're getting a little too attached with which like yes i was already there yeah uh, but but you never said yeah i never said <laughs> it. um maybe drunk uh i mean i know drunk i've said i said a lot of things when i was drunk but um it would end when with him saying that and then Every time that happened, I honestly am proud of myself. Every time I sent those texts, it would be, you know, I'd be like, okay, it's finally done. It's over. I'm going to, you know, get a revenge bod, which never happened. Um, But I'd be like motivated. I would, you know, end up seeing him at a party and all of his friends would come up say, you know, like, you're honestly way better. And his friends have told, his friends told me that the entire time. But um, they would, I would just feel so much better. I'd be like, okay, like, great. We're done. Like, I'm free. Like, I'm so glad like it's over and I would like have the best time. And then three months later, I would get a little text being like, hey, mm. work, work cleared up. I'm not as busy now. Like, do you want to get a drink? Meanwhile, like work was never the problem. It was his, it was me. And it like, I was the problem and got back of his ex. And then that ended and then he would get back to me. Um, but finally it ended with actually me, which I'm so like glad that I did just because it, it had, it had to end. Um, I, 
finally was like, clearly, if you were my person, we would have already been dating the first time. Like, yeah. And not that I did it on purpose, but um, I ended it around Halloween, like two years ago. And his best friend went to the law school where I was visiting and I've met him a bunch of times. So clearly I was like, whatever. And I took a bunch of pictures with him, which I didn't do like on purpose. I genuinely was excited to see him and they're very close now. Mm -hmm. that connection so two days after i ended it i was like with his best friend um and i just posted all those photos and then he ended up messaging me saying i thought i think we should still talk and i go why and he goes we can still talk every like i just thought that maybe we could just still talk every like two weeks or something oh my god (laughs) and at this point i was so like i was at this point is where i was having like conversations with um my best friend at at law school and I was like, am, am I insane or or what is happening? And we would we walked around the park for like two hours and she was like, you need like, girl, this is not it. And I was like, I, I feel like that was the first time where I like saw the light or like came out of it. It was yeah. like, this is he's not it. If it was it, it would have already been happening. This is just going to go on forever until you marry the ex. And I'm sure that they will. Yeah. And when that engagement post goes up. I have a bikini photo ready to go up the very next day. Um, but yeah, so that was three years, maybe two and a half. Uh, Jesus. And that ended like two years ago. So, and I've not dated anyone seriously since then. So, so you've been single now for the past two years. Yeah. And I, the thing with that is like guys are so afraid to lose what they have, but they don't want to commit to what they have it's like always this kind of flux state of like doing the bare minimum to hold on and I mean my first ex like when we broke up it was we were long distance and I could tell that things were like slipping they weren't the same like I like things felt different and he never said anything to me but I called him and I was like what's going on and he was just like I don't know like I've just been thinking and I feel like I'm just like unsure about this relationship and I was like were you were you ever gonna tell me that you were unsure like why am I the one calling and asking you what what would he have gained forever exactly and Like, it's not like he ever told me that that's how he was feeling, but I just felt it and I called him out on it. And I was like, well, I don't like it's been like this for like enough time that I don't feel like it's worth me having to go through this anymore. Even though he was unsure, like I was the one who was sort of like, okay, well, we should end it. If like you can't make the decision, like I'm going to make the decision, even though I was like more invested in the relationship at that point that it seemed like he was. But then when that happened, he like, after we broke up, he was like, you know, can we still talk like once a week or like once a month? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, no, we we can't do that. But it's always that like, once they realize they're losing you, they'll like hold on for dear life because they're like, no, never mind. Oh, yeah, no, I used to block, um, like, right after that whole thing happened, I blocked him because I also drunk text a lot. I'm not a drunk caller because I love to talk. And I just, I if they're not going to listen or if they're not awake, oh, I'm going to, we're going to have a conversation. Like, I'm going to talk. 
the shit that I say drunkenly is just it's honestly I'm never embarrassed by it because that's a superpower because I'm also a drunk texter and I've had to like physically like have my phone be taken away from me but I feel like it's almost it's just like fun like I feel like it almost just goes along with like my if you die tomorrow like yeah shit like it's funny it's just like also like I never say anything mean it's more so just like me Mm. revealing stuff which if you know me like I just I have no filter I don't give a fuck anyways so I would have said it at some point to you anyway yeah yeah um but oh yeah no I blocked him so that I I couldn't do anything um and also I like I don't want to hear from you although I feel like I never blocked them on my computer so you're never fully cut off I know so I that was the thing I blocked him on my phone and then he ended up texting me like say it was in January so this was two three months later um, after I ended it around Halloween and he texted me from my computer and I saw it on my computer and I was like, so at that point I had just gotten a new job and he was like, oh, by the way, like stopped by the store and I'm like, okay, great story. Do you want to yeah. like, great. And then he's like, I need a suit. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, he's definitely going to like an event with the ex right now. And like, I just can't, it doesn't matter. And yeah, I don't really block anyone anymore, but that I use, I think that that was honestly something good that I did, um, that I think helped a lot of just like, I don't know, knowing that they're blocked. Like, yeah, I would do a lot in college when I would be on like on and offs with people and they would make me mad one night and I'd be like, all right, you're blocked. And I would, you know, tell them on snap like by the way you're blocked like so i'm dead so in the past two years then like how have you been dating since then i feel like if i'm thinking about all the thousands of suitors no i want to say maybe like who i think they're over the past two years i want to say there was one person who i was seeing for like four months and it obviously got to that point where i was like all right like i let you have another month because usually it's three months and i (laughs) want to have the talk and so I asked him and he was like, yeah, I'd want to date. And I was like, all right, bye. Yeah. So how are you meeting people right now? You <laughs> said you met this guy off the league. Now, I feel like, no, not that I like gave up. I feel like I love to complain about dating apps when I'm just like not even using them right. Like mm. <laughs> I'll, you know, go on these sprees of, I'll go on Hinge, go through, you know, either the feed or most compatible, which sometimes is so humbling. It's like, wow this is my most compatible. I think Hinge is intentionally rude, so don't take yeah, that personally. I, I it's annoying because it's like you can only message your most compatible with a fucking rose and it, you buy a rose with 10 gold coins and you can only buy one coin if you get the diamond. It's like a fucking <laughs> game. It's like, and then each diamond costs $1,000. Like, I'm not, it's annoying. Um, Like, I do Locks Club and I do Raya. Um, I hate to say it, but I feel like I meet the most people on Raya. Um, really because i feel like with when i i don't really know women who have found success on raya i know i feel like it is so slim um because i feel like most i feel like it's better app for guys than girls because the guys that are on it it's 90 percent gay photographers (laughs) who live in brooklyn who are looking for friends or people from out of town that do not live here and it's Mm -hmm. like models or athletes um and they're all like 24 and just are excited to be on the app um Mm. and and then it's a bunch of like straight girl models and influencers and it's just like i great i have like how did this finance bro like get on here which again it's like why am i looking on raya if i do want that so um but yeah i feel like i i I met one guy the four month guy um Mm. on raya and he was great um was he a finance bro date no Mm. yeah it's all the same shit but yeah because i feel like i i know what i i don't know 
What what do you want? I feel like because I feel like you're you're dating in a very specific circle of because I feel like I know that that's ultimately what I want. Like I I do not want someone who works in fashion. One because there are no straight men who work in fashion, but also I just don't feel like two artsy like creative mm-hmm. people usually get along in that way. Um, I just feel like you know if I don't like their point of view or I don't like their art or their work, I'm just gonna be so turned off. Like yeah. I just we're not going to see eye to eye. And I just feel like it's a good balance for someone to, you know, you do, you're more analytical numbers. No. You're more creative. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's how my parents are. But yeah, I just feel like I want to be like the cool one. Wow, this like sounds really bad. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking for a sugar daddy, but I don't know. I just, yeah. One thing I will say is I want someone who's really smart. Um, yeah. And the first guy and the three-year one, they were all, they're geniuses um mm. and i re- i really respect that a lot and i'm definitely not meeting like a mensa member on raya but uh i don't know like it's hard to find like a straight smart man mm. because i feel like most of the time it's like oh maybe i'll find like an intellectual at the moma or something but it's like why is a finance bro at the moma you're like no you're not you're not gonna be there so I don't really know. I don't know. I guess I could just walk around like Midtown or Brookfield Place at lunch or just like Jesus. wait outside of Sweetgreen. I don't know. Are you like, have you ever tried to kind of get out of that niche of maybe a finance bro, real estate, like well, maybe lives in downtown Manhattan, makes six figures? I did date or not date. It was literally, I'm not even joking. I think it lasted for two weeks. A week, maybe. Um, we met on him. He like in the military, and then he went to college like after, and then he was in tech. Um, but he like did not care about you know money or college or you yeah. know any of the New York City stuff. But like upon entering his apartment, like he had a bike and like he loved his Birkenstock. And not that I'm not attracted to that, but it was it was almost like in my head, like oh. I'm not going to be the girl for you. And we actually Mm. talked about it because he's like, I looked at your dating profile and this is, it's funny because this is exactly what my dad says because I show being an only child, I, they know everything. So I show them (laughs) my profile. Um, And it's actually funny to hear their responses to like what's out there. And they're like, ew, everyone is weird. But he said that my dating profile was like, he was like, oh, I thought you would only, you know, go to art galleries in the Hamptons and you're too classy and all that. Mm. And I'm like, but I mean, we got along and obviously it didn't work out, but still, I don't know. Part of me is like, that is me. Yeah. But it's not, I don't think I have like the personality or the thing I'm funnier and friendlier than someone who thinks that they're that stereotype. Right. Um, I would agree. That's why I'm like... But does that mean that like, am I supposed to like change my dating profile to then cater to a wider audience? I don't know. Here's the thing about like a dating profile. I think it might be like, oh, I work in fashion and I went to certain schools and I look a certain way, but like you can live into the stereotype of something and you can like come across as one way, but nobody's really going to know your personality unless they meet you. Right. So it's, it's kind of up to you to portray what you want to portray and attract who you want to attract. But I feel like when you're single, it's like try every single flavor before you just decide that you want vanilla. Yeah. And I will say it is that guy with the, who liked uh, biking sunlight and that, (laughs) um, 
I was going to say, I was like, that's almost like good for me that he likes being outdoorsy and crunchy because I'm not like that. And like, I really do need to like exercise and go outside and like experience serotonin. And like that's being with someone like that would definitely bring out that side. And my best friends all said like, it actually would be good if you dated someone who like, no. It's like slightly different or out of the box of what you're expecting. I mean, yeah, my boyfriend like is an only child from Maine. Like How did you meet? I was gonna ask. We met off of a dating app. Which, which I ask which one? Bumble. Really? Yeah. What do you think about Bumble? I so even my ex who we were long distance, but I was living, I, I met with him when I was studying abroad. So he lived in London and I lived in New York. Um we also met off of Bumble. So really? yeah I found personally I had more success on Bumble I don't know why. I never, I think I've maybe gone on like two hinge dates in my entire life. Like I never had success on hinge. That as like a, I guess dating, I would call you an expert. Like, do you think that Bumble is a good app? I think that certain people thrive on certain things and also certain algorithms favor different things. So on Hinge, right, like I was constantly, even though I didn't have my preferences set to this, I was constantly shown Indian men. And I've had other friends who are also like, you know, Asian or something and have the same experience. And it's like, not that you're filtering Mm. out for it, but I think maybe on the other end, like Indian men are looking for Indian women. So they might be filtering for me. So that's what I'm seeing more of. And And not that I have anything against like dating somebody who's Indian. It just that was the only thing I was seeing. And I was like, what the hell? Interesting. Um, so huh. I wasn't like having a great experience on Hinge when I was dating. Bumble, I felt like I was getting a more diverse like group of people. Yeah. It's like somewhere between Hinge and Tinder, right? Yeah. Um, I don't mind sending the first message. Honestly, like it's not really that big of a deal to me. Um interesting. Because that's always my biggest roadblock like I I literally it's not even I don't care about sending the first message it's more so that since I have like no filter it either comes across in two ways one so formal and it's almost like I I do this with my clients where it's like it's almost too formal where it's like Mm. you're either a robot or just like chill out or it is so inappropriate and way too forward (laughs) and I don't understand the vibe that all my like we have a joke in my, you know, my friends all know, like, I don't write any of my texts until I think I meet them. Like, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, yeah. I don't know the line of like, appropriate and funny and like a little flirty, like banter, like <laughs> that I do, I do not know. What I will say is like, what's not broke, like don't fix. So if you find one thing that works, like nobody, like you don't need to come up with something amazingly brilliant with every single match you have. Like on Bumble, you're not, you don't have to respond to something specific, yeah. right? So if you have one line, that works then like just copy paste honestly like just send it i I used to do that um and then i guess i mean i did the line myself so i should have had someone else do it because that (laughs) line was not good uh and now i am starting to get like oh if you and on raya it is harder because there's no prompts or questions or anything so you right like what am i supposed to like nice sunglasses like i don't know but yeah like i was left so basically my, my friends were out east all memorial day weekend we were messaging a bunch of guys on these apps my friend was not me 
Yeah. Um, and I was like, fuck, if I have to see these people at any time, I've just studied the conversation because that wasn't straight up not me. I mean, um, I've written like so many of my friends' yeah. conversations. I mean, some better at it, and I'm not. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a skill, honestly. It's like a skill you can put on your resume, like yeah. how and, to talk to I, people on dating apps. Yeah, I don't have it. I was, after they had all left, I was left to my own. And I, I ended up, I, it was honestly, I think it's a joke. He still hasn't responded. So clearly it's not funny, mm-hmm. but I was left to my own devices and there was a new guy who such an average white guy, no pet, no anything I could comment on. Yeah. And so I thought it was funny, but I said, Hey, have you ever had dinner before? Cause clearly it's a joke <laughs> and he didn't respond. So whatever. I guess we wouldn't get along anyway. Honestly, like with the right person, like they will respond to the to the conversation yeah. the right way. So if your opening line is like, hey, have you ever had dinner before? <laughs> Which yeah. I think is hilarious. Like send that to like if you're on Bumble, copy yeah. and paste, send it to a bunch of people. See who can match your energy. Like that's like, you know, my my boyfriend and I matched and I had sent him some message about his photo or something. Oh, his bio. Um, and like he matched my energy and like, I'm the kind of person who doesn't want to talk forever on a dating app. So I was like pretty quick. I'm usually pretty quick to be like, if I think you're cool or whatever, I want to meet you. I'm like, what's your number? Like, let's meet. I don't mind being the aggressive one. So like, maybe that's why I, I find Bumble also like better for me, but I also think it changes. It ebbs and it flows. Like I, you know, back in the day I was like going on dates off of locks club even. So like, I know I, personally loved that locks club into existence only because not that it is only jewish it is like what they say it's like you know it's like a deli like yeah have to be jewish to enjoy it but um it did just feel like a better modern version of j-date and j-swipe and all that yeah um and i would prefer to be with someone jewish Mm. The one thing I will say, and I'm sure gonna hate me for this, I'm a tall girl. I'm sorry, but Jewish men are all like four feet tall. <laughs> I have to be able to filter. I have to. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they don't is so annoying because it's just like five eight, five eight. I'm five eight. I can't yeah. do that. So it's just like again, that's just one thing I would. That's like. the one qualm. I yeah. yeah, I get it. So I like. I don't think dating apps are the worst thing in the world. I think they are a device to meet people like who might be uh, outside of your circle or on the outer rim of your circle. Like my boyfriend, we had mutual friends, but they weren't friends that like I, we would have ever met through if that makes sense. But like, I knew he was a real person. Like, yeah, exactly. But also we are very different. Like Mm -hmm. we could not be more different. And like I said, only child from Maine. I grew up with siblings in the heart of New York City. He likes hiking. I could not hate anything more than hiking. I never want to go hiking. Yeah. Like literally ever. Um, Like I don't even know how to ride a bike. (laughs) He can teach you, I'm sure. Yeah. No, he's like, I'll teach you. And I'm like, sure. One day, maybe. (laughs) Um. But, you know, I I think I expanded my horizons a little bit to I let somebody surprise me. Yeah. um, I may have thought otherwise, you know. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like, yeah, I am willing to like, I feel like a a lot of people go through this where it's like, oh, I had this checklist. And then as you get older, it's like, oh, well, this doesn't mean that much to me. This, you know, isn't a deal breaker anymore. Yeah. 
yeah, the finance thing and all that. But I, just, I mean, I have also, I know that you said you would like rather date somebody who, or end up with somebody who's Jewish. And I understand that like people's religious sort of inclinations for the most part that like puts them in certain boxes for race. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, it's worth trying every flavor before you settle on one idea of something. I know I mean, I'm open. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I feel like in general, I'm just like, I would like to be in a relationship. Not that I'm looking for my person. I feel like I'm Alana from Broad City. Like I'm literally a child bride. Like <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, baby. I know I'm a baby. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I feel like, the same way. We have been talking for a very long time. I end every episode with a segment called Shots. So these are rapid fire this or that questions. Oh, are you ready to do some shots? Yeah. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Oh my God, I'm the biggest night owl ever. Work hard or play hard? Play hard. Laundry or dishes? Laundry. TikTok or Instagram? Ooh, lately, TikTok. Coke or Pepsi? Diet Coke. Coffee date or drinks date? Mm, that's a tough... Mm, I'll go cough. What is your favorite season right now? Mm, it's always been spring. And what's your favorite song right now? Favorite song is, it's called New York, which should be the title of this episode <laughs> because all we talked about was New York, but it's like by Stevie Aoki and someone. What is your drink of choice? A very dirty Mardrix with a lot of olive. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Maybe Sloan because I love that name, but I'm also saving it for my daughter. So maybe maybe the boat will be. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and giving me so much of your time. Thank you. This was so fun. Yeah, I had a blast. If you are interested in matching with our guest, you can go onto our Instagram at drinks.first and there is a Google form you can fill out if you're interested in matching platonically or romantically. And if you don't have an Instagram, you can go to flow.page slash drinks first. Stay tuned for next time. 